Hallelujah. <laughs> so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. Our God is always so good to us. Amen. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy, and do it forever. Let the house of Israel now say that his mercy and do it forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that he his mercy and do it forever. Let them that fear him now say that his mercy and do it forever. Amen. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me and set me in a large place. The Lord take my part with them that help me, therefore shall I see my desires upon them that hate me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princes. All nations can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They can pass me about, yea, they can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They can pass me about like bees and are quenched as the fire of thorns, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They have cast so at me that I might fall, but... The Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The rejoicing song is in the tabernacle of the righteous, the right hand of the Lord do it valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord do it valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. The Lord has chastened me sore, but he has not given me over unto death. Amen. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I shall go into them and praise the Lord. The gates into which the righteous shall enter, for he shall heard me and has become my salvation. The stone which the builders have rejected has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. We have blessed thee out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, showing us light, binding the sacrifices with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and do it forever, Psalms 118. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. Praise God. And that's why I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell of my joy since he came. I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Oh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell of my joy since he came. I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Oh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to sing of my joy since he came. 
I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Oh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to sing of my joy since he came. I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Oh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to sing of my joy since he came. I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Oh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to sing of my joy since he came. I'm going to tell of his power every day and every hour. I'm going to lift up that wonderful name. Jesus, we come to you tonight, Father. We come into your presence, Lord, with thanksgiving in our hearts. And we enter your gates, oh God, with praise again tonight. Uh, Father, we are thankful for your loving kindness and tender mercies towards us. God, you are the mighty God, you are the everlasting Father, and you are the Prince of Peace. And we thank you again tonight, God, for your touch. We thank you for your glory, your surrounding power and anointing upon us, O God. We thank you, Lord God, for your healing tonight, Lord, upon your people. I pray, God, that you will continue to reach down upon every life and every family and every heart. I pray, God, those that are sick in body, that you would continue to touch tonight. That you will let your overflowing love and kindness and tender mercies and grace reach down to every life, O oh God, and heal and deliver and strengthen, Lord, in every part of their lives. God, you see every need, you see every pain, you see every hurt, O oh God. You see every bereavement, O oh God, tonight. And I ask you, dear God, to continue to touch your children. Continue to reach down upon every house, oh God, every minister and minister's wives and children and family, Lord, every saint of the Most High God tonight. I pray for our nation, God, that you would bind them together now, that you would bring us together, oh God, in one mind and one accord. We continue to exalt you, Jesus. We continue to thank you for your great love and mercy. I will bless you, O Lord. I will give thanks to you for your wisdom and knowledge and understanding, asking you to continue to guide us, O Lord, and lead us according to your perfect will, Lord. Have mercy upon us, O God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. 
Well, great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great King? Oh, great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great King? Oh, great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great King? Oh, great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king? Oh, great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king? Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Uh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah, God. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Uh, you are my God and my Savior tonight. Uh, you are the way maker, oh God. You are the peace speaker, Lord. Uh, I thank you, Jesus, that I have a God who with his angels watches over me. Oh, Lord, you keep my enemies beneath my feet. You are with me if I'm sick or feeling well. And you never fail me, Jesus. I've been young and I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Oh, God, I thank you again, Lord. You are my rock and my fortress. You are the strength of my life, oh, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, trouble. God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, and he will hide me 
under the rock, under the rock, under the rock, and he will hide me under the rock, and I'll be safe in the time of trouble. God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, trouble. God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, and he will hide me under the rock, under the rock. Under the rock, and he will hide me. Under the rock, and I'll be safe in the time of trouble. Oh, God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, trouble. God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of trouble, and he will hide me under the rock, under the rock, under the rock, and he will hide me under the rock, and I'll be safe in the time of trouble. Oh, God, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your safety, O oh God. I thank you for your hands of mercy, O oh God. Oh God, if I had a thousand tongues, I could not praise and thank you enough for everything that you do for us, God. You are wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of all peace, Lord. And I thank you tonight that I can come into your presence, O oh God, and give thanks to worship you, God. To look unto you who is the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord again. Amen. Our God is always awesome. Amen. And we've been studying uh, this lesson tonight. Amen. We've been talking about a recall to self. And we're looking at self. We're examining ourselves. Now, last week, amen, we was uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we found out that the fruit is in the seed, and the seed is in the fruit, amen? And so with that, what's inside of us should be revealed on the outside of us. If Christ is in us, then the attributes of Christ should be seen by those around us, amen? And so... We have to search ourselves. We have to examine ourselves to make sure that our love is being like Christ want it to be, that our joy is full. We are full of joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Amen. And we have that peace that passeth all understanding because we keep our mind stayed upon Christ. And we have his goodness and his gentleness and his faith and his meekness and his temperance. And these things are growing in us. As Peter says there in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 11, he says, You add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity, if these things be in you and abound. 
they make that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So if we are adding these things to our faith, then we should be growing in Christ. Amen. And, and part of our examination is to make sure that we are looking at ourselves to see if we're scraying away from the faith. Amen. You've got to make sure. We, we've already discovered that it's easy, if you're not careful, to stray, stray, excuse me, not scray, stray away from, from God in, in the way. Amen. Many people start on this journey, but yet they get to a certain point, and then they seem like they throw in the towel. They seem like they quit. So, And that's because they didn't examine themselves. See, they allow themselves to get too far away from the Lord. And as a result, you know, they just got off path and got off track. Amen. But thank God some people find their way home. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. That old song says about, about the little boy that got lost and the police asked, officers asked him, where do you live? You know, and he couldn't give them their address or anything because he was, he's, he couldn't remember the address and where he lived. But all he could say, if I could find that old white church on the corner, you know, I could find my way home. Amen. And he knew that landmark. And that's the thing is we always got to know the landmarks, how to get back home. Amen. If we stray, 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 stray away. Amen. So you want to keep looking at your fruit constantly. Amen. Going out to you're the tree. And so therefore you've got to make sure that you're the branch, excuse me. And so you have to make sure that you're producing good fruit. So tonight we want to go to point two. We want to look at ourselves examining yourselves for God's grace, examining yourself for God's grace. Paul says in second, I mean, Titus two there, 11 through 14, he says, for the grace of God, that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the grace that bless, excuse me, for that looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. So now Paul is asking us to examine ourselves for grace. Amen. We know that grace is God's unmerited love in our lives. Grace is God's divine influence that is in our lives. So when we start to looking for grace, we are starting to look, am I becoming more like Jesus Christ. Amen. How is my goodness uh, taking place in my life? How is my righteousness? How is my attitude? Do I display Christ's attitude? How is my compassion? Do I have the same compassion that Jesus had? Am I taking up my cross daily and following him? How is my edification? Am, 
Am I on the building crew or am I on the wrecking crew? Amen. I need to look at myself. I need to examine this. Can I pick myself up when I'm going through things in my life? Now, notice what Paul says. He said, the grace of God that bringeth salvation. So once grace, God's unmerited love, because you can't earn salvation, it's a free gift from God. Amen. And so once you receive this, once you have salvation, Salvation teaches you. Grace teaches you. So Paul says that it teaches you what? That first of all, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Salvation should cause you and me to examine myself to and let me know as a teacher what grace is that the world has got to go. Amen. It teaches me to deny ungodliness, and worldly lust. Amen. My passions should not be uh, drawn by the world. Amen. My passions should be being drawn now because I have God's salvation more to be like Christ, to, to have the things of God in operation in my life. See? So grace becomes my teacher now. It begins to show me things that are not like God. That's what salvation does, is it opens your eyes to realize, wait a minute, that was wrong, that was wrong. I shouldn't have been doing that. It brings my understanding back into line with the Word of God so that I have an understanding. So grace began to teach me to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. You remember what Jane, I mean John tells us in First John chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, John says, love not the world. Amen. This is the last times here. And as you have heard at that the Antichrist, First uh, John chapter, uh, is it 2 or 4? Just for a minute, let me get there. The 2? Oh, it's two. Excuse me. I want to don't want to lead you astray. First John chapter two. Fifteen. Sorry, I dropped down to fifteen. Okay. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So salvation teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. See? So it becomes your teacher. And so therefore I should be examining myself to see if the world is pulling me, if the world is tugging me to try to get me to be more ungodly. Amen. Is it trying to get me to, is my passions for more of the world than the things of God? See, if it is, then I need to adjust because salvation is waking me up. Salvation has said, look, grace has said, look, if you go that way, your, here's your consequences. Here's your end state. See, so therefore, it teaches me to deny these things, amen, ungodliness and worldly lust. In other words, don't allow the world to pull you away from God. 
This is why Paul asked the questions, Roman 8, 35, uh, 30, I think 38 or 39. He says, who shall separate me from the love of God? The tribulations, distress, persecution, nakedness, peril of sort. He says, no, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep, excuse me, unto the slaughter. On all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. See, so nothing should be able now to separate you from God. Because his unmerited love, the grace, salvation, should cause you and I to examine ourselves and say, I'm not going back that way. I already know what happens over here on this side of the ship. Amen. I know what ungodliness and worldly lust is going to do in my life. I want to be like Christ. So no, notice what he says here. It says it teaches us, amen, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, but that we should what? Live soberly. Amen. In other words, we should have a sound mind. Amen. We should be alert. We should not get caught off guard. We should always be examine ourselves so that we keep our minds stay fast on Christ. Remember Isaiah 26.3, my favorite scripture. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. You remember what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you love. He gave you power. He gave you a sound mind. Sound mindness came with your salvation. Amen. Grace brought it with it. Amen. So you're supposed to be in your right mind. Amen. Because your mind is stayed upon Christ. You don't allow the world to keep pulling you and tugging you. Somewhere in all this, you've got to wake up and say, enough is enough. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going that route anymore. I'm keeping my mind stayed upon Christ. So it teaches us, amen, to be soberly and to be righteously here. Amen. It, it, your salvation is said, look, you got to be right because you're serving a righteous God. See? So now it says, look, this is what you need to do to be right. Obey God's word. Do what God says. Because he's the God of righteousness. You gotta put on the breastplate of righteousness. You gotta learn to do what is right. What does the Lord require of you? To do justly. To love mercy. To walk humbly before your God. See? So, so grace teaches you these things here. Amen. Grace teaches you to be godly, Paul says here. And in this present world. In other words, it teaches you to be holy. It teaches you to be separated and set apart to God. It teaches you to be devout. It teaches you to be committed. It teaches you to be steadfast and unmovable. Amen. You have a new life now. You're not the same old person. You are risen to walk in newness of life. So grace teaches you. It becomes your teacher Amen. It not only becomes your teacher, grace becomes your helper. That's why Paul writing to the church at the Hebrews, amen, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he says what? Let us come boldly 
to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. So if you want to look that one up in your, in your, in your Bible there. Notice, we, it, it helps us. Amen. It becomes, grace becomes like a mentor. It becomes like a counselor to help us when we're going through things. Amen. If I search myself and I realize that I've got enough grace, it's because God is helping me. Amen. He's already told me, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. So, we have to come to the throne of grace. If I examine myself and I realize that the world is constantly pulling me and I'm constantly giving in, that means I need some more teaching. I need some more help from God. Amen. And so, therefore, God wants to give it to you, just like wisdom. If you need more wisdom, what does the Bible say? Let him ask of God to give it to every man liberally and upbraid it if not, and he'll give it to you. Whatever you need, God's got it, and he's waiting to give it to you. You just have to examine yourself for the things that you're missing. But if you don't search yourself, if you don't examine yourself, you're not going to know you're missing it. You have to examine. Notice what Paul writes into the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He says, lest I should be exalted by measure. Amen. They were, through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Amen. Unless I should be exalted upon measure. He said, but I sought the Lord three times that he take it away. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See? So God said, look, Paul, all you need is my grace. In other words, all you need to do is do what I'm telling you. I brought you salvation. Amen. And with my salvation comes my spirit. It comes my power. It comes my anointing. It comes my direction. You have everything in you that you need, Paul, to be successful in every circumstance, every trial, every situation, everything you face. Amen. So when Paul examined himself based on God's instruction to him, Paul realized, I've got enough grace to get me through. And so what did he say? Therefore, I will what? Glory. I take pleasure and affirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distress for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Amen. So I've got to, I've got to become a fool to start glorying in God. Amen. Because I examine myself and I realize how much grace I really have because it's there. Amen. As Paul told Timothy, all you've got to do is stir up the gift that is in you. Amen. When you're going through things, uh, amen, and it seems like darkness, uh, everything is around you, and it seems like there's no hope, you have to examine yourself. As David says in Psalms 42, what's wrong with you, soul? Don't you trust in God? Amen. We've got to get to that point that His grace is sufficient. He's given me what I need in my life. Amen. 
Call upon me, he said, in the time of trouble. And I will hear you and deliver you and you will glorify my name. He will direct you. He will guide you. Amen. So the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodly and worldly lusts so that we can live soberly and righteous in this present world. Amen. Because why? We're looking for and hasting for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And if I'm not strong, and if my faith is not solid, if I'm not steadfast and devout and separated and set apart, I'm going to miss the ship. Amen. Examine yourself for His grace. It's there. Praise God. You've got to hold on to that unchanging hand. Amen. Amen. You're looking for Jesus. So this is why you've got to be ready. You, you've got to examine yourself. Gradualism starts with just a little bit. Getting off course just a little bit. Amen. One degree can move you. When you get to your objective, man, you can find yourself a 100 meters away from where you're supposed to be. Think about it. And if you get, if, if, if one degree is a hundred meters, think about ten degrees. Good thousand. A click away, man, from where you're supposed to be. You missed the mark. You don't want to miss it. That's why you got to examine yourself. Ask yourself, you know, questions. Ask yourself the tough questions. Know your own self, Paul says. Notice, he says, examine yourself where you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you not how the Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know you're not. So you've got to examine yourself. What's going on? You know, that's just like love. I have to examine myself. You know, am I loving more than I did when I got started? You, you've got to, you, you've got to be strong in the Lord. So Paul says, I'm going to glory. I'm going to rejoice no matter what I'm going through. Because His grace, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Amen. Because God steps in and helps me. So you need to examine yourself for grace. Number three, you need to examine yourself for hidden pride. Hidden pride. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three. A man's pride shall bring him low, but the honor shall uphold the humble and spirit. Amen. Examine yourself for pride. You know, pride is a lot of time is hidden. You know, it, it it seems to surface, you know, when you want to elevate yourself. <laughs> when you want to think that you're better than someone else. You know, that's when that, that's when hidden pride usually comes out. When you want to get get one up on somebody. <laughs> you know, you want to be better. That's when that hidden pride usually surfaces itself. And it comes out. You know, 
if, if you always got to have the latest fad, that's an indicator that you've got some hidden pride down inside of you. You know, so you have to examine yourself to make sure that it's not. See, pride, God hates pride. See? And so therefore, we have to realize if God hates pride, then I've got to make sure that I examine myself constantly to ensure that I am not letting pride control me. I am not letting pride rule my life. Amen. Because what happens with pride, pride will destroy you. Amen. One of the things you have ever watched someone get rejected, have you ever seen someone get dejected, someone that get have failures, and all of a sudden they go off the deep end? It's because their pride has brought them low. See? They allowed pride to be in their lives. They thought they were so good that nobody could be over them or no one was better than them. And so as a result, when they were rejected, it brought them low. And a lot of times people that has hidden pride, when they are brought low, they go into, you know, depression. They go into suicidal thoughts. All these things start to run rampant in their lives. See? Because they didn't examine themselves for that hidden pride that was deep. Within themselves, you have to check yourself. It's real easy to have pride and don't even know it. If you have to tell anybody that you're humble, you've got hidden pride. If you have to stand and say, I'm humble, you know, you got hidden pride down inside of you. Nothing. As a Christian, you shouldn't have to tell anybody you're Christian. You should not have to tell anybody you're a Christian. Your character and God's attitude and attributes inside of you should be a solid reflection of what you are. You don't have to go out of your way to, to, to do anything. You can live your life normal the way you should with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And the attributes and the character of God in you should reflect who you are. But if I got to stand and tell you I'm a Christian, yeah, I better examine myself. Because Jesus just said, let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He didn't say walk around telling everybody I'm a Christian. Oh, uh, you know. You know, you, you've got to live this. This has got to be your life now. You have been risen to what? Walk in newness of life. Amen. You have to allow yourself. You've got to search yourself to make sure these things are not there because it's going to come up. What's inside is going to come out eventually. And so you want to make sure that you get it out before it comes out. Amen. That's why when you go to the altar for repentance, you want to be sincere. Godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But sorrow of this world work at death. 
Amen. You want to be sincere if there's something there that you found. And you, you want to talk to God about it and ask Him to remove it, to help get it out of there. Amen. But usually, you know what He's going to say? My grace is sufficient for you, so you get it out. You take it away. You stop doing it. That's usually what happens. Amen. We have to make sure that we don't let pride get in our hearts. Amen. Praise God. Examine yourself for this these evils that keeps coming in. Amen. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through verse 19. Amen. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things that the Lord hate in seven is an abomination unto him. What's the first thing? <laughs> See? It's abomination to God. Amen. Pride is an abomination. See? So therefore, you need to get it out of you. Amen. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride brought before destruction and a holy spirit before fall. Notice, people get arrogant, they get prideful, just before they fall. Remember what Solomon says? A man's pride is going to bring him low, but the humble, honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Amen. So you want to allow yourself to walk the way God wants you to walk and live the way God wants you to live. Not in a prideful way. You don't elevate yourself. You allow God to bring you to the points that he wants you to be. Humble yourself, Peter said, in the sight of God, and he will exalt you in due season. Amen. God will pick you up. Amen. You have to learn how to learn, walk humbly, and not allow pride to get into your life. Amen. Proverbs 11.23. Proverbs 11.23. Desires the righteous is only... The expectation of the wicked shall perish. I think I got the wrong scripture there again. Amen. But anyhow... The one I was looking for is, amen, only by pride cometh contention. Amen. Only by pride cometh contention. Amen. But the well-advised is wisdom. Notice, only by pride. Strife, fighting, envy, all this stuff, confusion, is caused by pride. See, so we have to examine ourselves. We have to look at ourselves and see, am I being pushy? Do I have a pushy spirit? Amen. Do I always got to be first? Do I always want the best? Amen. Do I have to have the, the best looking car? Do I have to have the best looking clothes? Now, granted, you should always... You know, have the best because you're God's children, but let him give it to you. Don't be pushy. Amen. Don't don't allow yourself to to the 
walk on people. Don't allow yourself to reject people or snub people. See, that's what James tells us there in James 2. If you have respect to persons, he says, you commit sin. And you're convinced by the Lord that you're a transgressor. See, pride will make you reject people. So you have to make sure that you don't allow it to get in your heart. So you have to examine yourself for these hidden prides so it does not bring you low. Because God has no problem with jerking the rug out from under you. He does not have a problem with showing you that you are too elevated. You can't allow yourself. You can't allow these things to be in you. You can't be rude. Pride is a rudeness is a is a byproduct of of, of pride. When you're rude, you you have to make sure you keep it out of you. Ignorancy, ignorance, amen. In your life is a sign of pride. You can't teach me anything. You can't tell me anything. Okay, go right ahead. Guarantee you, God will teach you. You'll see it again. <laughs> you know, you, you get people like that all the time. That you can't tell me what to do. Okay, go right ahead. Sure can. You'll find out. Amen. There's a way. <laughs> Seem right unto a man that in thereof is the ways of death. Amen. So you have to make sure. Duplicity in your life. Amen. Is an indicator of, of, of pride. You have to get that out of you. Envy. Amen. You remember the skaters of back in the 90s? One skater, you know, was jealous of the other skater and she tried to break her leg. You remember that? What was it? Nancy Kerrigan, wasn't it? Wasn't it? What was her name? And what was that other one's name? Tanya Harden. There you go. Yeah, broke, they tried to break the girl's leg because she envied it. Amen. Don't you know you're going to get in trouble? <laughs> you know, come on. Praise God. Instead of rejoicing, notice what the Bible tells us. Rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Amen. Be humble. Don't allow pride to get in the way. Amen. We need to get pride out of our lives, amen, and, and allow God's character to be revealed and shine through us, amen, so that it doesn't bring us low, because if God hates it, then we must hate the same thing that God hates, amen. That's why we need to adjust, you know, the words that we tell our children sometimes. We tell them, oh, I'm so prideful, proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Huh? And then what we do when they don't measure up? See, so we have to be careful. We need to choose a different word because proud and pride and all that stuff can get in your heart. You know? And as a result, you know, it can bring us low. We just saw not a few months ago, you know, a family was trying to because of their prideful state, was trying to buy their kids' education and all this kind of stuff. You know, look what happened. Caught them low. See, so you have to examine yourself to make sure that you are not 
you know, allowing pride to be there. You can tell it. You can tell if you've got pride. You know, it'll surface. It'll surface every time. God, and the you, you, good thing about God, he'll show it. He'll show you. Everything is wrong in your life, God will reveal it to you so you can get rid of it. Amen. He will. Amen. And that's why that onus becomes on us to do what God says to do. Man, he's going to show you. He's going to roll the curtains back and says, here, look at you. He says, look at your life. Look. You know, examine yourself based on my word and see if you measure up. Because that's the yardstick. See? This is, this is the measuring stick right here. Jesus says, you're known by my fruit, their fruit. See, so when you measure your life by this book, amen, you'll see things that are wrong. You'll see things that are right. Amen. He'll talk to you. You know, when you go to prayer, just sit down with your cup of coffee and say, God, tell me everything's wrong in my life. That's not like you. See what he showed you. See what he tells you. You got to be sensitive. You have to listen. He says, my sheep know my voice and I am known of them. So get your cup of coffee and sit down in your chair one day and says, God, I want you to tell me everything's wrong with my life. Speak clearly so I hear. He'll show you. I guarantee you, he'll show you. I would run for him to show me, <laughs> you know, so I can take care of it. Then he have to do it. Because believe me, like I says, if you have to pull the rug out from under you because of pride, boy, that's a hard fall. And I've seen a lot of people fall. And when the tree falls, it does not just fall by itself. There's a massive fallout. Amen. A lot of people get hurt when a tree falls. Amen. So examine yourself for grace. Examine yourself for hidden pride. Amen. So that you do not allow your life to become like the world. Remember, the grace of God teaches us. Salvation teaches us these things. Amen. That's why God gave it to you. He says, I'm going to give you something free to see how much you really enjoy it. How much you really want it. See? And so now that you got it, now it's going to teach you. <laughs> See? Not only is it going to get you to heaven, but it's got to teach you what you need to do so you get there. That's why you got to love this stuff. Amen. Your Heavenly Father cares. That's why He loves you so much. Amen. He wants you to live. He don't want you to die. See, so he wants to give you the tools you need to be successful in life so that you have the joy of the Lord as your strength. You have the peace. You are good. You are gentle and kind. You are loving. Amen. You do have self-control in your life. You do have faith. You do walk humbly before God. All these things, he wants you to have it. Amen. He wants you to really experience what true life really is. We've been struggling most of the time in our lives trying to, you know, please everybody else and, you know, all that stuff. You think about all the junk was going on before you got saved. 
So God says, I want to give you a new life. I want you to enjoy what I really brought you here for. Amen. It is. I'm telling you. When you, when you get in line with this book, man, you're going to have joy. You're going to have peace. It'll make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Amen. You can live successfully. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. You remember that song in school? Have faith, hope, and charity. That's the only way to be successfully. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. Amen. I used to sing that in kindergarten, first grade in school. You know? So now we need to examine ourselves. Okay, we examine ourselves for, for fruit. We've examined ourselves for grace. We've examined ourselves for hidden sin. Now let's examine ourselves for hidden doctrinal flaws. Doctrinal flaws. Amen. Hidden doctrinal flaws. Again, Paul right into the church at Rome, chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren... Mark them which cause division or dissension or strife or disunity or sedition and offenses, stumbling blocks, things that are thin, occasions to fall, traps, snares, impediment, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Now, sometimes you just got to let people go, <laughs> okay? You, you know, why am I going to keep just letting people pull me down? Okay, so sometimes you have got to know how to deal with people in your life. And that's why you have to examine yourself to see if someone is weighing you down. Amen. You, you've got to. Or else, they, you know, a, a person that is drowning... You know what they used to tell us in drown-proof training to do? Knock them out. You know? That's what they said. You either knock them out or they're going to drown you. A lifeguard will knock you out if you are fighting hard and, and stuff. Amen. He, 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 <laughs> but, but that's what they teach you and. and and, and that kind of school is that you need to knock the person out because if not, they're fighting to try to survive themselves and you're trying to save them and you're expending energy and as a result, they can push you under and you can't get up because they're trying to stay up and as a result, it can drown you. See? And that's the way it is in, in life sometimes. We love everyone. But man, if somebody's constantly weighing me down, if every time I examine myself, if I'm being weighed down by this individual and, and people over and over and over, I've got to cut the ties somewhere. You know, if they keep just draining me, that I don't have any energy to do what God is asking me to do, that I don't have any joy, that I don't have any peace, I've got to cut you loose. I'm sorry. I want you saved. You know, but Jesus didn't run after people. He told them exactly what they needed to do. He didn't run after the young, young, rich, young ruler. He told him what he needed to do. He didn't do it. 
He didn't go after him. I don't see that in Scripture where the apostles ran after anyone. Even Paul says, Mark ain't even going with us. <laughs> you know, later on he sends for Mark. You know, says, okay, he's profitable now, so bring him. You know, but Mark had to come to himself. See, so we have to realize this. We have to look for these things that causes stumbling blocks in our lives and cause us to, to go away from the doctrine. Amen. And any doctrine that doesn't draw us closer to God and, and to make us more like God, we need to avoid. No, that's just like if I go to somebody, if somebody invite me to a Bible study, you know what's going to happen? Either they're going to let me have input or I ain't stand there. Either either I'm going to lead the group, <laughs> and not because I'm prideful, amen, but I'm not setting in false doctrine. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I'm, I love everybody, but I am not setting in false doctrine. So you have to allow me to input something in, in the study, or else I'm leading the group, or I ain't going to be there. Amen. Even Jesus said that when they invited him, what did he do? He started giving his input. Even Paul, you know, he stood there on Mars Hill and finally, you know, Paul says, I'm going to, I saw you alter to the unknown God, you know. He said, I'm going to declare him to you. And anytime a Holy Ghost apostolic person is in a Bible study with someone else that's not, you should be able to bring the truth to the group in a loving, kind way. Amen. So we have to realize that. We have to mark them that cause offense. That's contrary to the doctrine. Amen. But like I said, apostolic doctrine, if the doctrine is draw me more like Christ, then I've got to search myself. Any preaching, any teachings of true doctrine, do you know what it's going to make you do? It's going to make you examine yourself. It's going to make you look at yourself and say, do I have sin in my life? Am I wrong? Okay, I'm right. Okay, I'm on, I'm on track. Okay? That's what true doctrine does. Amen. But you have to know it. If not, you can be easily deceived here. The doctrine of eternal security, you know, which states... You are once saved, you're always saved. That's why people, some doctrine out there teaches, again, that once you give your life to God, that's it. You're good to go forever and ever. You know, no, I don't read that in Scripture. You know, you have to realize you can fall from grace. If you don't obey this book, I guarantee you, you know, you're not going to make it in. That's why Paul says to the church of Galatians there in the first chapter, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you to what? The grace of God unto another gospel. No, there be not another. He says, but though we are an angel from heaven, 
preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you. He says, let him be accursed. He says, as I said it once, so I said to you again, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Amen. This truth must prevail. Amen. Either Acts 2.38 is the way of salvation or it isn't. Either Jesus is God or he isn't. Amen. Either holy living is right or it isn't. Praise God. We have to realize these things in our lives. So if anybody is bringing anything, any kind of teaching or any kind of doctrine to pull me away from God, that's not going to make me come out of sin, but is going to allow me to continue to stay in sin, I'm not going to be there. And that's why Paul is writing a lot of his letters to the church. Amen. Because they was allowing some crazy stuff to go on. A lot of fornication, a lot of idolatry. And so he had to give them a wake-up call. Amen. So we have to examine ourselves for, for doctrine of laws. Are we, are we letting things sneak in uh, unaware here? Amen. And we'll pick this up next week. Amen. Praise God. We'll, we'll pick this up next week. Amen. Because our time is run out here tonight. But we need to constantly examine ourselves. Okay. And that's the overall thing here, that we're, we are recalling to ourselves. I want to be right. I want to live right. I want to do what is right. I want to be what God wants me to be. Amen. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all will be saved. Amen. And be with him forever and ever and more. And this is why we got to keep searching ourselves to make sure we have not let anything sneak in unaware. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. God, I truly thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I really enjoy living for him. I wouldn't trade it for anything because I really enjoy living for him. This feeling inside I just can't hide. And I want the world to know that I really enjoy living for Jesus. Oh, yes, I really enjoy living for Him. I couldn't trade it for anything cause I really enjoy living for him. This feeling inside I just can't hide and I want the world to know that I really enjoy Living for Jesus. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we truly appreciate you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering, your kindness. Father, everything that you do for us, we do say thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your love. 
counsel of your people, Lord, that you always give us an opportunity, God, to praise and thank you for the instructions and God wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you bring our way. May we continue to reflect you and walk worthy of the Lord until all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you, Jesus. Thank you for your people. Thank you for those that we spend tonight. Bless our people, bless our nation, O God. Protect each and every one, God, so hit protection over us. We thank you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Don't forget our business meeting Saturday morning. Amen. Ten o'clock. Amen. Come. Amen. So we can have our business meeting. And on Sunday, our service. Praise God. Amen.